ora and welcome to Family, Whānau and Disability, a podcast brought to you by Parent to Parent New Zealand. We are here for the many Kiwi families out there caring for a disabled child or family member. We know the journey caring for a disabled or a neurodiverse child is not an easy or a straightforward one. So this podcast is a place to explore the issues that affect us, to share stories, swap tips and even have a laugh or two. We would love for you to join us each month, so make sure you subscribe. Please also be aware that the views shared are those of the individual and may not represent the views of parent to parent. This podcast is brought to you by Parent to Parent. Please note any views or opinions expressed by the speakers are of the individual speakers themselves and do not necessarily represent parent to parent as an organisation. Welcome to Connect, Inform, Support on Free FM 89.0. Brought to you by Parent to Parent, the not for profit organisation supporting families and whanau of babies, children, teens, and adults with any type of disability or health impairment. Sexuality education is important for any young person, but how do you teach a person with a disability about relationships, consent, and safety? Well, we're lucky today to be talking to Julia Drury. She's a health promoter for family planning based in the Hamilton office covering the Midland region. She supports schools, she supports professionals, community groups and agencies with sexuality and relationships, related education programs, training and even events. In this role, she promotes a positive view of sexuality so that people are able to make informed choices and have access to accurate information, quality sexual health services and relationship education. She's been with family planning for over 20 years and is passionate about all aspects of sexuality education. Any courses or resources that she mentions during the show, we will put links in the show notes for you. Julia Drury is here with us today. Welcome, Julia. Thank you for coming in. Kia ora. Thank you very much for having me. So can you tell us just a bit about your role at family planning? Right. Well, yes, as a health promoter with family planning, this involves me working with schools, parents, young people, community groups and professionals in supporting the delivery of sexuality and relationships education. In the role, we're always promoting a positive view of sexuality so that people can make an informed choice and look towards having access to accurate information and quality health services for the future for them. So it may involve delivering workshops for teachers community workers or professionals and it could be on topics such as delivering what we call comprehensive sexuality education. Uh, It's something that the Ministry of Education want from very early age of year one right through to year 10. So a lot of schools are delivering really good programs and they could be involving anything from like healthy relationships, consent, communication skills, Uh, skills to critically look at the media, discussions around gender and gender identity, sexual orientation, physical and emotional development, as well as how to reduce sexual infections um, or an unplanned pregnancy when and if they're choosing to be sexually active. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We also work a lot with parents and caregivers, um, and we run programs which we have a lovely title called Open and Honest, um, and that's helping parents talk about these topics with these with their young people. So it could be around puberty or sexuality in its broader concept. 
Uh, it could be about relationships, so how can we encourage them to have healthy relationships when and if they choose. And it could be on the topics of um, having safer sexual relationships. So talking about contraception and STI prevention. So every workshop that we do is always tailored to meet the needs of that group. Mm. So it's very individualised and you know we discuss with them first, design the programme around that um, and evaluate it afterwards um, and get feedback and then um, go on from there. So for example it could be that we'd design something for parents and caregivers mm. of people with disabilities mm. um, so that we'd m- be making sure we're meeting their needs. Mm. Talking specifically about people with intellectual disabilities, how how does a parent? Where do you start with trying to teach a child about about sort of consent and sex and things like that? Because it's it's hard. I'm a, I'm a parent. I have three children, and I've tried to teach them about sex right from day one. Where babies come from, we've got good books and stuff. But my kids are all neurotypical and sort of average kids, so I wouldn't really know where to start if my kid had cognitive issues. Well, um, the parent will know, you know, what their ability is. Yeah. and But the most important thing we say to all parents is it's important to help build that young person's knowledge and skills about friendships and then managing their emotions about their bodies mm. as they change. Mm. So it's not just about the information. It's about giving them some of those um, everyday skills yeah on how to communicate and then building up you know their knowledge as you go so it's age appropriate and layer by layer and in some cases it might be that you know we need some key messages and we need to reinforce them right um, yeah. time and time again and that could be as you know and it could be whether it's visual cues Mm -hmm. so um, depending on you know their disability Mm -hmm. um, they might have a few pictures that they would use constantly and that represents a certain word or uh, message for them Mm -hmm. in in their young person so it's yeah just how difficult is it for parents do they you know over the years it's more open now are parents more open to that um, sort of teaching, do you think, over the years? You've been in family planning for 20 years, so I, I'm sure you've noticed a change in parents over the years. Um, I mean, everyone is different, and, you know, we don't want to generalise. No. Uh, so it's it's about meeting the needs of everyone. I mean, definitely the world is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a parent myself, yep, and we're almost running to keep up with technology um, and you know the advance is really positive you know there's lots of really good things about technology mm-hmm. out there but it is understanding them and using them in a positive way mm-hmm. you know like for instance Facebook is a wonderful tool to keep in touch with family friends either in New Zealand or overseas but it can be you know used um, in a by by bullies and mm-hmm. people you know who yeah for not good reasons. Yes. So what are some of the barriers to intimacy facing people with disabilities? Um, sometimes their sexuality can be ignored by the people around them. Sometimes people believe that they're not going to be interested in a relationship or sexual activity when the time is right for them. So their rights need to be respected. Mm. You know, everyone has the opportunity to have an intimate, caring relationship what that means for them, you know, is important for them. Mm. So it is about meeting their needs and communicating with them. 
Admittedly, there is or there has been a lack of education and information about understanding what, you know, like a healthy relationship is. Mm. And then we need to add into that the skill building to be able to communicate, you know, what they want. And that can be, you know, an added layer for someone with a disability. So it's, you know, how well can they communicate their needs? How well are they being listened to and respected? And I think a lot of what we learn about with sexuality is sometimes from jokes Mm. and innuendos and, you know, and metaphors and things like that. So for a person with a disability, they may not, you know, pick up on those little innuendos and, and funny things and take it quite literally. Yeah. So I think for parents, we need to make sure that we're giving clear messages Mm. and honest information so that they can take it on board. You know, I mean, Mm. they may have a wonderful sense of humour and I mean, they're (laughs) off, you know, I've worked with many people and they do, (laughs) but you need to understand them and, you know, and the humour that's going to be right for them. We can't assume what they'll pick up you know, on TV programmes or those sort of things. So it's in each individual. It's it very is, individual, it isn't is it? It is very individual. And some people have also said to me it's about having, you know, safe places to go and meet potential partners. Mm. So it's about finding, and, and there is probably a lack of that, mm. is, um, you know, organisations can hopefully organise and I mean some schools are now having you know school balls um, and that is a wonderful opportunity for them to dance because they all everyone loves dancing everyone loves getting dressed up but it is you know it needs to be in a safe environment Mm. where there's no pressure and um, you know everyone feels equal in in that respect. And online dating is such a huge thing these days as well. And interestingly enough, one of my colleagues who has a website um, called, oh, I think it's called My Kind, we're going to ask about it, which is specifically an inclusive website. It's intended for people with and without disabilities and it's, it's marketed as such. It's just getting started. But yeah, so there's a, there's a certain gap in the market for those sorts of places that are safe for everybody regardless of anything else going on. So. We're getting there, <laughs> slowly. <laughs> yes, yeah, because, I mean, it is it is daunting that, you know, on some of the places, yeah, how do you know that is yeah. a true person? Exactly. And, you know, they are the, the same age, they're saying, mm-hmm. they have all those interests. Yeah, because yeah. we, we, there seems to be a lot more in school about um, cyber safety. My kids have certainly learnt quite a lot, which is fantastic. And I, I'm a big cyber citizen. I, I spend a lot of time online. I've got a lot of friends around the world. So I've taught my kids about being safe. And, and I've met people from the internet and I've taught my kids about how I did it safely, like meeting in a public place, that sort of thing, telling people where I was going, all that sort of stuff. So sort of incorporating that in the whole dating world and, and making sure that the kids understand that yeah that people aren't always who they say they are so you've got to keep yourself safe absolutely <laughs> um i mean we see it as a partnership between mm. yeah parents and and the young people is that yeah. if we can give them those skills mm. of how to critically look at things um and i mean with a disability yes it might be that you have to you know it's the repetition yeah and it's yeah reinforcing and it might be guidance at the beginning um, checking out who they are friends with, you know, having conversations. Mm. So it's about having those open and constructive yeah. conversations mm. um, and, and not being daunted by it. 
I think that's what a lot of people are have trouble with as a parent just being a bit prudish and a bit uncomfortable with talking about sex just in general let alone with your own child exactly <laughs> yeah yes and that, and that's a historical thing that yeah. it comes from um, our previous generations where they weren't encouraged um, it could be a cultural or religious mm. um, you know that, that that it's not a conversation that you've had in the past mm. but it is a really important one mm. um, and probably the best advice is to take it and little bites you know like don't be afraid and um, you know have a small conversation see if they understand reinforce it Mm. go back if you can be open and approachable as a Mm. parent they're going to want to come with you they're going to come to you they're going to want to ask more questions because you didn't tell them off you didn't Mm. shut them down you um, you know encouraged them Mm. one of the things I've encountered personally as a, as a parent who's very willing to talk about anything and everything with my children, regardless. I'm unembarrassable, <laughs> which, which my kids don't like sometimes. <laughs> um, was that the idea? I've I've had friends who've said that their kid has come home asking them a question that they felt they shouldn't have known about. Like one person came home and said they did sex education, and somebody asked what anal sex was, and these were a group of ten year olds. And she's like, oh, "I'm not ready for my child to know about that." And you know how how can we support parents in you know, if they encounter this sort of question that they're deeply uncomfortable with discussing with such a young child, how can we sort of get around that? <laughs> right. Well, that's very good thought. Is um, I mean, often you can just answer it really briefly mm. because they will think, and you can sometimes then sew in some really good advice about it as well. Is it's like, well, you know, if if something makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, you don't have to do it. Mm. You know, yeah. like, it's only when you're feeling right, because it's a really good opportunity if yeah. someone does come, a child comes home from school and says, yeah, this happened, at, this was talked about in a class, yeah. but ooh, yuck, <laughs> um, which is quite fine. It's like, great, you know, you understood that you didn't like it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you never have to do that. Yeah. No one should ever force you to do something mm. you don't want to do. Because yeah. that's the probably the most important message is yeah. around consent. Definitely. So it's about... Understanding it's their body and it's only them that is allowed to say, you know, Mm. when someone can touch them. Mm. Um, And that's right from a young age. We can talk about that. And it can be, even in this extent, you can have a conversation about, you know, hugs and kisses. Mm. Because when kids are little, they love hugging or kissing grandma, you know, and granddad and everyone, you know, at family gatherings. But I know that a lot of young people, when they get around that, you know, pubertal age they start to become a little bit, you know, they're not wanting it so tight, Mm. squeezy hugs. So it's about discussing with them, okay, what's some other things? You know, well, I could say, you know, I can wave goodbye to Nana. Mm. I can, you know, Mm. as long as you're friendly and saying, oh, I really enjoyed you coming over here, Nana. Mm. You know, she's then going to feel great. Yeah. But it's respecting that Mm. right. That's an argument that I actually had with my own husband. He's from a Maori family where the rule is you kiss ladies hello and you're hongi with the gentleman. Yes. And I said to him, I'm never going to make my kids kiss or touch anybody they don't want to. And he's like, oh, but but that's what you do. And I was like, I'm not going to make my... So we had quite a heated discussion about it. And I said, no, I'm not going to force them. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to tell them what the tradition is. And then that's it. I'm not pushing them. And I don't want you to do it either. So it it was quite an interesting difference of opinion from the two of us who have a lot of stuff in common. But I was like, nah, this is about bodily autonomy. And he was all... 
he couldn't understand it <laughs> to start with. I had to really kind of explain the whole idea of, of teaching consent right from the beginning and teaching about, you don't touch me without my permission. Spinderella cut it up one time. There's a lot of programs um, in schools, so that's again the partnership between, you know, the education that parents are wanting to give, which mm. is around values and their beliefs, yep. and that's a really good conversation that they should be having from a young age, 
um, and then adding to it as they go because mm. if a young person from a young age is being said that you know this is my body um, and I'm the one that makes the rules around it very much when they're older they're going to have the skills you know you then have more conversations as they start to mm. you know spend more time with peers mm. they might be going on school camps mm-hmm. you know and, and it gets added and added as they get older and older they're doing a few more things outside of the house they're going to have hopefully those communication skills and those decision making yeah. skills that are going to arm them to go no I don't want to do that. Mm. Doesn't feel right. You know, I've got this gut feeling going off, um, butterflies yep. or whatever. No, I'm not going to be yes. pressured into do this. I'm not going to follow my peers. Yeah, and that's what I've tried to teach the kids as well, is that listen to that instinct. Yes. And that's telling you something, and it's good to follow that. Don't mm. let anyone override that. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very good advice. You've got a lot of really good resources for people to, to take a look at. Concerning disability and sexuality, are these relatively new or have you had them for quite a while? No, we've been working in this space for quite a while. So we have had, you're right, we've got some wonderful booklets mm. that are available free um, that parents can just go onto our website, so familyplanning.org.nz, and there are quite a few different booklets one aged for different ages um, and also different stages. So the All About Growing Up booklet covers pubertal change, public and private behaviour, and it uses a combination of information, activities and pictures. So, for example, if a parent, if that was an issue about public behaviour, like their body parts and what they were doing with them, there's some nice little advice in there Mm. for parents to run through with their young person about helping the the person identify what's public and private on their body, Mm -hmm. um, what are public and private places, and what are some behaviours they can do. From both Mm. a young age, and then you can repeat it again as they get older. Mm. And it just gives parents those little skills of how to do it. Mm. Because as you are saying earlier, Mm. it's daunting. How do we start this conversation? (laughs) And then as they get older and it appears that, yep, maybe they are actually wanting to have a relationship our safe relationships booklet because that goes covers a lot more than all about growing up um so that's you know is about entering healthy relationships um, and also keeping themselves safe when they are wanting if and when um, they want to have a sexual relationship and it covers contraception and the use of condoms so yes we do have them age appropriate and circumstance appropriate also on on the website they can get um there's just for women contraceptive booklet so that covers, gives information about all forms of contraception uh, because we do get asked um, a lot of questions about that uh, when a person is wanting to protect themselves from getting pregnant. And then also just for women on smear tests. So it mm. uh, talks about how what's gonna, the procedure is with a smear test so that therefore they've got all that understanding. But also for parents and caregivers, um, we have a whole lot of advice on the website mm. So they can just go in and look and you know get some information on the different topics. Some of them we've talked about today, like consent. How can we talk about consent? How can we talk about pornography? Because that's a big issue mm. as well with the use of the internet. Mm. Um, we know that a lot of people are accessing things either accidentally or it is a site that is of interest to them, so they're going back. But in this way, we can now direct them to some healthy information. Mm. So it's about how to have those conversations. The courses that um, are on the site, that's one of the things that we noticed when we were doing our research for 
coming and talking to you guys. Carolyn saw that you did a specific course about talking to young people with learning difficulties about about sex and consent. So, um, how would how would someone go about organising a course like that? At the moment, most of our contact is uh, we do a lot of training of teachers. Oh right, yeah. So we've got a, a wonderful teaching resource called the Colours of Sexuality, mm-hmm. which provides teachers with like as I said, a comprehensive unit of work Mm -hmm. um, so that they can then, because ideally in the schools, um, the teacher has a great relationship with the students Mm -hmm. um, and they need to be having more than just, you know, a one-off lesson about this. Mm -hmm. We need to be, you know, building upon it as the years, you know, adding to different years and talking about a range of topics like, you know, communication skills, consent, healthy relationships and then also romantic relationships. Yeah. Cool. So, so there's a wonderful resource here yeah. called The Colours of Sexuality. Cool. So they just find that on the website and contact you? Yes, so yeah, they cool. can contact health promoters um, and we're throughout the country. So just look on the website cool. and send an email to a health promoter. We do do some programmes in the community. So we, we don't work one-to-one. Mm. Um, that's what our clinicians do. Right. But we can run programmes, yeah, with groups around okay. those topics. Well, we'll put all those details on the show notes so that people can have a look on our website. Any advice for parents or carers who might be listening? Probably encourage, we always encourage you to have open and constructive conversations. So, and that's about healthy relationships and sexual and reproductive health and well-being. That talking isn't doesn't have to be daunting you know break it down into um, small conversations you know and check out is that is that enough for today mm. you know is that answering your question mm. maybe you know think about what you want to say and communicate before mm. you start mm. because yeah if you're feeling as you said earlier feeling a little nervous um, you know get some information so look on our website um, get some good advice mm. get some support there are wonderful organisations out there um, that, you know, that do want to support parents. Mm. And just, yeah, be approachable um, and do your best. Yeah. You know, if you don't get it right, don't beat yourself up. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. try again. Yeah. Um, if you're going in with the best of intentions that you want the best for your young person, um, you'll be doing a good job. Yeah, cool. And make sure you take advantages of these resources yeah, because they absolutely. are really helpful. <laughs> yeah. If you've got if you've got something like a, a one of your booklets here, as you're busy explaining things, just to be able to open it and go, oh, know, yes. there you go. it is, yeah. <laughs> is is really handy for parents yeah. to have yeah. rather than feel really overwhelmed. Yeah. And of course, you've got the child going, oh, mum. <laughs> I don't want to know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but if a booklet is just another tool there yeah, that you can exactly. use to 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 help you, so it, it it's brilliant. Cool. Connect, inform, support. Join us next week on Free FM eighty nine point zero for support and information from parent to parent. The program can be downloaded as a podcast, and of course, you can get more information on our website, parenttoparent.org.nz. This has been Family, Whānau and Disability from Parent to Parent. I have been your host, Johanna. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that you'll join us again soon.